This is WNHH 103.5 FMLP Community Radio in New Haven, Connecticut. Welcome to the Table Underground. I'm your host, Tegan Engel, and we're digging into stories of food, radical love, and creative social justice. In 2012, a group of folks from the African-American neighborhood of Sharswood, Philadelphia, got tired of walking by trash-filled vacant lots and used their creativity, hard work, and passions to turn one of them into the North Philly Peace Park. This fence-free park, built for neighbors by neighbors, was founded with a giant garden in the shape of a peace sign. Here people could pick free food and gather in vibrant community to teach children, share wisdom, and connect with each other. In this neighborhood with more than 50% of people living in poverty and with an 80% unemployment rate, the North Philly Peace Park became a space for people to help each other out and model the future they want to live in. The park embodies the principles of self-determination and cooperative economics and is an example of reparations in action. It has made the community richer in many ways. Brother Tommy Joshua Kazan is one of the founders of this park. Inspired by his sister and their Gullah Geechee heritage, they worked together with a self-proclaimed motley crew of folks to create the first North Philly Peace Park and fought like mad to save it when the Housing Authority evicted them in 2015. Brother Tommy, as he's known, became a visible leader for the park and helped to rebuild it on a new plot of land a few blocks from their original location. The park and community are still thriving and growing. They will break ground on a new schoolhouse to host their education programs this summer. Brother Tommy was in New Haven, Connecticut for an environmental leadership residency at Common Ground High School and Urban Farm. I met up with him there to hear more about the North Philly Peace Park. In particular, how their ways of leading from within and their connection with the land are healing some of the harms inflicted on their African-American community. Peace. Peace, Brother Tommy. Welcome. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. excellent. So before we jump into talking all about the the North Philly Peace Park, can yes. you tell me a little bit about what helped you get connected to land and growing food? Well, um, I'm an I'm a old country boy, and um, my family has roots, uh, deep rural roots in the Carolinas, mm. um, Gullah Geechee. So I spent um, a big part of my life um, in Greensboro, North Carolina, and Brown Summit, um, Farmsville, um, running through the fields, playing around with farm equipment, chasing um, lightning bugs with a mason jar, messing (laughs) with grasshoppers, um, playing in ponds, and that acclimated me to the land. So I always had a connection and a love for the land mm-hmm. and um that always stayed with me mm-hmm. since a child and since you know as an adult it, it never never left yeah and so you went down there in the summers yes yes right. mm-hmm. and so can you talk a little bit about you were living in north philly and there's yes. this vacant lot that are, are you walking by this every day like what what was that process for you of looking at this vacant lot filled with trash and then getting to the point of thinking about turning it into something else yeah well land always was familiar to me whether it was rural or urban and um i will always i i I love to travel and it's concrete and there's buildings and then all of a sudden there'll be open fields 
and these open fields was just like the open fields down south. Mm-hmm. And I will I would look at it and I will I would wonder why it wasn't being utilized as a park, as a farm, or why anybody is not running through it. Or I would run through it. I would go run through it. So it always would um amaze me that you can have such diversity. For me it, it was it was kinda neat that you have urban areas but then you have like land Mm -hmm. and I just thought that was kind of neat and I always thought to myself that I would like to interact I would like to be creative on that line Mm. Mm -hmm. and so what happened like I'm curious about did you start talking about it with people what did other people plan with you how'd it go my sister had a green thumb um and as I mentioned my 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 people were farmers agriculturalists and my uncle Teller um, he worked really hard on his farm. He would grow peanuts and tobacco. And then when he retired, he maintained like a personal garden. And then later on, on his land, um, houses was built, like family moved in. Um, like, you know, his nieces got married and then they would build a home and so on and so on. So it was like less farmland. It became more residential. Mm-hmm. But um, my sister, she would, my sister Tyra, she would try to pull me into agricultural activities inside the neighborhood and um, back in maybe 2003 um, we formed a garden called the Viola Bond Garden and that was named after the matriarch of my family Mm. Viola Bond who came to Philadelphia in the 1930s and she bought a house at uh, 2524 West Master Street Mm -hmm. and that home became the epicenter and the headquarters for my family. And she was known as a woman who would plant okra and collard greens. So my sister, I have to give her credit because that was the first formal urban garden project that I've been involved in. But it was a little later as far as the Peace Park um, after I really got deep into community activism and um, I was searching for ways to serve. I was searching for ways to empower people. Um, I wanted to be part of a revolution. I wanted Mm -hmm. to be part of a profound change and it it led me to the Peace Park. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What was it that was motivating you to wanna be part of profound change? Love, love for the people, love for my people, love for my neighborhood, Um, knowing that Knowing the value and the quality, the character, the dreams, the aspirations, knowing that and understanding that um, the setup, so to speak, didn't match that. That kind of always, that incongruency between the people and power, Mm -hmm. you know, and having frustration and having sadness and having anxiety because of that. That's what motivated me. Um, I'm still working to create a world that's worthy of the people. Mm. So that was it. And that's always going to be my motivation is to align ourselves in a proper way mm-hmm. where it's some symmetry between our hearts and between nature and between the way that interact. That's That has to happen. Yeah. 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 So in the neighborhood you're talking about, there's a lot of poverty. Sure. And people living yes. in poverty and, and a lot of like 
trash around and um i heard you talk about like the broken glass yes uh, theory um and so when you're talking about people creating a space that's worthy yes. of the people um can you talk a little bit about what that looks like and i think it's exactly what i was going to ask you about just is that our society gives messages that that people of color black people people who live in poverty are not worth anything right sure. or not and and so i love the way you frame that as like the people have brilliance and wisdom yes. and and vibrancy and that yes. the space they're in sure yeah can you talk a little bit about why space and kind of the design of that space is is important to helping people feel valued yeah i mean for me <clears throat> it's um this is about it's about the fundamentals it's about the basics and the basics is that we are matter we are these collection of atoms and we exist in space so that's the basic and then when we go a little bit further these particular atoms shape together to make various phenomena some living some animate some inanimate right and then you go even further that means that we are land based right when you keep on kind of de-abstracting from that so that's the fundamentals the fundamentals is that we are human beings on land dependent on land dependent on each other i like to say on soil and under heaven and um from that basic premise right there um certain implications come mm -hmm. certain um certain imperatives is um, necessary. So I see our work in space, I, I see creativity, power as human rights. Mm -hmm. um, I see them as something that's absolutely non-negotiable. You know, every single human being on this planet has a right to space. And even if I could find a word that can either be more explicit than a right, like like it's like a blessing mm -hmm. that we all have right. to be um, in space and to be creative. Like yeah. I feel like that's just invaluable. It's like it's, it can't be um, a bridge. So I would wonder why um, some people didn't have this, and it just doesn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. So. To be on land and to be creative and to um, pursue one's vision, to live in peace, to me that's everything. And as an African-American, it's been a, um, in our recent history, and by recent history I mean in the last 400 years, mm -hmm. it's been a trail of tears and a trail of pain and some of the most, you know, you know inhuman um, treatment, mm -hmm. um, not just singular to us, but it's part of the unfortunate tapestry of yeah. the recent human experience. Um, so once we get to this point, I believe that peace is due. I believe peace is um, desired, and I believe that peace is necessary. So I'm really happy to arrive at this point, mm -hmm. um, the point of peace and the point of um, revolutionary change. Yeah. 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 One of the things I think a lot about is is the the nature of radical love. Yes. And and so 
um, and I feel like what the project that you're doing, and I want you to explain a little bit yes. more so people yes. who don't know yes. about yes. it know what you're doing, but that it sort of embodies this concept of radical love, which is that like, it's not love in this like soft, mushy like way that it's just like we're all going to love each other and not challenge things that are difficult. And it's kind of like love and revolution together. Sure. You know? And so can you give a little exa- some idea for people who don't know what is happening in this park? Describe it a little like what what does radical love in manifestation in the Peace Park look like? Um, It, it, it looked like a lot of kindness, um, a lot of care um un um, restricted um without conditions without preconditions Mm -hmm. you know just because i always like to think about like how we are somehow in this whole pay it forward thing because the love that we give each other it kind of already been given Mm -hmm. so i we 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 feel very indebted in in a lot of ways we are very much aware of a very profound love that has been bestowed on humans like i'm like we are aware of that so being aware of that cosmic love is where the love comes down to 22nd street on jefferson street and for people who study radical ideologies um as myself um i always um, talk about Marx in a sense, right? Because the idea of a Marxist revolution or the idea that Marx um, championed was the people owning and managing what he called the means of production, right? So that's land, that's tools, and that's the relationships between the people. So actually at the Peace Park, I like to think about it as a communal society, um, even a socialist society even, um, but one where peace, peace that has been established among people, among oppressed people themselves, is actually the force, not mm-hmm. violence, mm-hmm. you know? Right. So the Peace Park is people trying to recover their humanity, recover their dignity, recover their sense of place, sense of self on land through a process of creativity and a process of cooperation and a process of working together collectively. Mm, Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's beautiful. Yeah. So some of the ways people are working together to help people uh, understand this. So you've got a garden, you're going food. We grow food together, right? We grow food together. That's like the basis, agriculture. Okay. You know, and everything that comes from that. Um, We manage resources together. So we deal with... Um, tools we deal with materials um, we forge a common educational experience together we decide what is um, important for um, to be transmitted between each other and between generations and we also provide for the collective defense and also for the continuity of identity mm-hmm which is expressed in our community constitution and our set of values. Mm. So we are very much, um, uh, it's a term called Sankofa. We are very much, very much aware of where we have traveled. We're very much aware of what's going on presently. And I think we're most excited about the future. So the North Philly Peace Park is, um, you know, it's a cooperative society. We like to think about it as a society. We like to think about it as much more than just a community garden. Because anytime you got people on land and if it's an absence of duress, um, you have the potential to 
have a whole new reality take shape. So we like to think of ourselves as city pioneers, and we believe that we are building a better city um, called Peacetown. Mm, mm-hmm. That's excellent. So one of the things that's pretty um, amazing about what you do is that you have a, a fence-free food forest. Absolutely. So this is really different than a lot of community gardens, right? right. Like people want to protect their food. They've got individual raised beds. Everyone's growing their own little like three foot by four foot plot. Right. What's different? What's what is a food for? What is a fence free food forest? Yeah, man. I'm I'm so happy that you raised that. Um, you know, we done um, so much has has seeped into our supply system. So much has seeped into our soil, our rivers, our minds, and our heart. Um, we need to clean that, and we need to restore that. Right. We need to restore the natural balance of our hearts, natural balance of our minds. So one of the things, unfortunately, is that um, we um, have adopted a lot of the means and methods of the old world with the mistaken belief that we are creating a new world. Um, Albert Einstein, right, my man, who I continually will quote and study, Um, He mentioned that you can't solve problems with any of the old techniques. Like, you can't bring new solutions with old techniques, right? Um, I think that one must take a serious look at what one is doing, if one is dealing with land, and be honest about it. And I do believe that if you want to have fences, if you want to portion off a piece of nature, um, if you want to divide and if you believe that there's some people that you need to keep out which implies that there's some people that should be denied or whatever reason and some people that can't gain that privilege that you have now created by placing up fences I really feel like you should be very sober-minded and admit that you are in the same even though quantitatively speaking, you may not be on the scale of a big GMO producing corporation, but uh, ultimately you are an agricultural capitalist because the whole idea of capitalism is the unfair, um, xenophobic hoarding of resources and denying others those resources. If we are really about food justice, though, feeding people, freeing nature, though, why fences? Why fences? That if, to me, it, it defeat the purpose. So for us, when we started our garden, it was for the community. So why would we keep the community out? And then mm-hmm. if you're talking about community, you're only talking about you and your people, that's not no community. That's called a market. Mm-hmm. That's called a capitalist market because the whole idea of capitalism is the haves and have-nots. These people right here can buy Benzes. These people right here are going to catch the bus. These people right here are going to eat McDonald's. These people right here are going to shop at some organic supermarket. That's capitalism, y'all. So us as community farmers and food justice people, we have to kind of choose what we really end this for because if we continually ape the system that we claim that we reject is a system of division, is a system of exclusion. We just perpetuating it. So I would encourage everyone to drop the borders, end the borders, mm. drop the fear, 
Embrace your brother, embrace your sister, open it up and feed people and build genuine community. Don't put up no fences unless you want to be an agricultural capitalist. In that way, okay, I can understand that. You mean, mm-hmm. But I say just be honest about it. Like, okay, this is not for everybody. Okay, this is, uh, I want to control this. Yeah. That's just keep it 100. So no fences at the North Philly Peace Park. And um, we want a fence-free world, in fact. Yeah. Yeah. So how does this work in practice? Like, um, what what's working well about it? And then we'll talk about sure. what are the challenges about well, it. Well, it's working. Um, every time I come to the park, I thank God that it's still standing. I do. I do. I say thank you, God. Um, and I'm always, when I'm turning the block, I'm always looking to see if it's still there mm-hmm. from the, from day one. It's certainly a risk, but revolution is a risk. Love is a risk. Anything that we're going to do to challenge the systems of power is a tremendous risk. So we take a tremendous risk. And um, what's good about it is the energy that it sends off, the message that it sends off. I think it's just so dope that... Um, you know, we call it flat. It's flat, meaning that, like, you know, you walk in and then there's the Peace Park, but there's no gate. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you can keep on walking. Um, the Peace Park is integrated to the plane. It's integrated into the landscape. Yeah. It's not like it's something special. It's just another dimension, right? So that's what's good about it, right? Um, but are people just coming, yeah. like, after work, after school, yeah. after church? Sure. Or just if they're hanging around and they're just, is everybody coming? Do some people still feel like, like, and are people picking just what they need? Do, do you know, how, I think it's really helpful for people to understand, like, in practice, how does this revolutionary thing that you're doing work? Right. Well, we used to think, we used to say, let's make the extraordinary ordinary, right? That used to be kind of the mentality mm-hmm. when we first start, started doing it. We wanted it to be really normal because we wanted cultural changes. We wanted the type of changes that would outlive personalities, outlive organizations, and that would actually take root among the people. And we knew in order to do that, we had to transform the physical environment, transform the whole shebang. So um, how it worked is... Um, you know, it's a free society, so people can come and go. Um, we have volunteer organization. Ain't no bosses. The bosses is, is the uh, goals that we fight for. So those who want to come out and work on the land is going to be working on the land. Some people is passing through, right? But the biggest thing that I've seen is the imitation. I noticed that, like, when as we are out on the land working, well, I could tell you a story. So it's, you know, the Peace Park, got two parts the 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 first park and the second part right but i can just tell you about something that happened recently at the at the um second park so some folks is out there working right mm-hmm. intergenerational some people love the farm some people love to educate some people love to come out on fridays for green wall street buy stuff sell stuff some people just like to come and hang out right now I, it's true with me i'd be like come on let's do some work like, you know what I'm saying? But I, I can never tell people that they just can't hang out, right? But just don't block me from doing work. Right. Some people want to come out and just holler and rap with Brother Tommy, but you got to have a tool in your hand. I'm not saying you can't chill and rap. You can do that, but not just with me. I'm out here to work. But uh, one of the neighbors came to us and said, look, I want to have a, a, a cookout here. And we like, cool, let's do the cookout. So we did the cookout. And this is what was really interesting, right? If we call an event and let's say we say, okay, today we're going to be doing a, um, you know, uh, we're going to be doing seed plan. Mm-hmm. We may get 20 people out, you know. Um, 
But what happened was when the folks came out there to do the cookout, we sat back and kind of let them take over the park, our neighbors, right? And they imitated everything we did. We seen the parents tell the kids, hey, no, don't put the trash out there. We seen the parents go over to the beds and lead their own seats. So that was wonderful that um, people will see you and they will take up the practices that you do. So the Peace Park is a, a interesting society. Um, Sometimes you may feel that there's not enough support at times. I'll be feeling like people need to get more involved in some of the drudgery work. Um, I'm a big, I'm big on work. I'm big on like making sure we work hard. Um, and other times we are just surprised by how people kind of put their own twist on things. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. So I love that you talked about that, like the the cultural change that needs to happen. Yes. Right. Because we live in a society that is so capitalist, like so focused on like things, getting things, what the idea of success, right? Sure. And what happens is that when people are trying to get free, like people who've been oppressed, whether because they're right. poor, whether because they're people of color, whatever, um, whether they're women, like yes. whether they're queer, whatever it is, that often people try to adopt the the practices of the people who have oppressed them the ways i think this is what you're talking about and so the the culture change is realizing that like becoming free is about living into something different that is a system of being free of all people being free not of getting your own not like i got mine sure right and so the fact that to me like a real community garden is when the people in the community feel ownership in the sense of caring for yeah right it's not like this is my tomato right but like or my collard greens like this is this is my space that i'm going to care for sure. and i'm going to tell other people i'm going to help other people learn how to care for sure. it and to me that is like the true success yes of, i of agree a community garden. i agree and um i want to talk about the downside then right yeah okay because this is important um the downside and the frustration for myself is um i i don't I can't control things, right? I mean, now, I think maybe that's why people put fences up. People put fences up so that they can protect the plants or they can protect the equipment, right? Yeah. We don't have that option. It's like I said, I thank God every time I come to the park. So just recently, um, like our shed was vandalized. So we count them on our our hand a number of times we had incidents. So at the old park, we had one incident. We call it the, the Children Rebellion. That's the only answer that we had. Now what happened with the Children Rebellion is that we was building the Earth ship and it was a big pause in building the Earth ship over like a couple of months. We came to the park and obviously some, re- some revolution took place. Somebody took the benches and dragged them into the Earth ship. We seen evidence of some sort of peace party it was the children. It wasn't a rebellion against the peace part, but we interpreted as the children pushing us on, the pushing mm-hmm. us forward to get this dog on earth ship because we've been telling the kids, we've been working on it, and it was a pause. So that was a famous thing at the old peace park, the, the children rebellion. And we see that as them putting a foot to our butt, kind of, and pushing us forward. So that was the only incident of vandalism we ever had at the first peace park. Now at this new peace park, we had three, three separate acts of vandalism over a three-year period. So I can talk about the more recent one because this happens when there's no fences, right? There's no fences, there's no cameras. It's open space. It's a shed, it's wheelbarrows, it's tools that's accessible to everyone, Um, it's benches, it's little nooks and crannies that some people may want to come and do things that maybe not the best, right? Um, 
like for example, people come into our greenhouse and I keep it 100, we seen like blunt guts in the mm-hmm. greenhouse, right? That was, you know, we are at the park from the morning to maybe around seven o'clock, but after seven o'clock, it's just yeah. regular people. Some of the young people going in there, but what we did, we put a sign up. We know, come on, y'all. <laughs> Clean up, at least. <laughs> like, I know you come in here as cool as the dome, and y'all think it's whatever, whatever, yeah. but come on, man. Like, have some dignity and respect. But recently, um, our shed was vandalized, right? And um, I came to the park, me and my peoples, and I seen it, and I was upset that the shed was vandalized, and then somebody pushed over the porta potty, right? Mm. Now, the park is getting much more visits. We is much more active place as it grows. So with more people come more situations sometimes. And I remember feeling a little upset, like, why didn't somebody pick up the porta potty? You know, and I remember sitting there like, yo, why didn't they pick up the porta potty? Because I know Miss Sharon is right there and everybody's seen the porta potty uh, on the ground. It was tipped over. But then right when I felt that um you know, bit of frustration, here come a parent walking in with the kids saying, hey, man, so when y'all getting started? I can't wait till y'all get started with the program, such and such. I got such and such coming. And that was the balance right there. That was the balance. And if I have to choose which one is greater or lesser, surely that parent who was so excited about the new season starting, who really wasn't there 10 minutes earlier when I was scratching my head over the porta potty being tipped over. Then I talked to the neighbors and we found out that a group of kids actually came through and broke windows on the block. So it wasn't just like an isolated thing. But this is what we are prepared to deal with, though. We are prepared to deal with it. And um, my bit of human frustration, I can deal with that. And I'm back to my patience and I'm back to focus and I'm back to commitment because it's really going to take um, it's going to take patience to see this thing thing uh, through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple things I want to pick up on that you just yes. talked about, but um, we haven't really talked very much about food and the importance of right. having food and feeding people. Yes. So before we move on to some of the other part of the story, can you talk about why, wh- what are you growing? Yes. And why are you growing food? What, like, talk about like food apartheid in your neighborhood and, and, and why this is important and what you're growing. Like, what are people loving? Yeah, man. Food apartheid is really real. Um, it's... Um, it's one of the most nebulous um, expressions of inequality in America. You know, food is a, um, food is a, like once again, is a blessing. I ain't gonna call it a right, right? It's a blessing, it's something deeper than a right. It's, it's, it's like you guaranteed it. In reality, really, you are. If you're a human being and you got arms and legs, um, we can stand still and food will be produced naturally. And, um, I really dig that. So the idea that some people are denied healthy, fresh food, it really makes me upset. Um, You know, the African-American experience, man, being kidnapped and brought forcefully to the United States to labor. Um, And then, you know, we had access to the worst of foods. We was fed, um, you know, pig guts and innards and the worst cuts of meat. Um, and also was restricted to eat what was felt to be the least desirable of vegetables. Um, This had profound impact upon our health and upon our um, entire development of our community. So 
Um, today, you fast forward and our communities are food deserts and um, this has a profound impact on everything that we do. So restoring access to fresh food is a imperative, absolutely. And at the North Philly Peace Park, we grow whatever folks want to grow. So I would say about 75% of the stuff we grow is the stuff we eat. And another 25 is experimental stuff. But um, we grow a lot of leafy green vegetables, right? So collard greens and kale is very popular in our community. Like collard greens is number one. We love some collard greens, you know. And then we love some okra. Um, we love herbs. We grow tomatoes. We grow squash. We grow watermelon, eggplant, um, all type of peppers. Um I would say in the beginning of North Philly Peace Park, we were more like of a permaculture mind. Um, we, uh, the original farm was a big peace sign mm -hmm. that was growing all type of things. And I remember we were pitting a lot of like international crops. We were growing a lot of different stuff that we never seen before. And we was like, oh yeah, we're going to eat this. Um, but <laughs> and then people said, no, we want yeah, more Yeah, people want collard <laughs> greens, more tomatoes, more, tomatoes, yeah. more herbs, more peppers. Um, peas, uh, we try, had some success with beans, potatoes. So we try to grow stuff that folks can eat yeah. and that folks can get nutrition from. Yeah. Um, and now we are really focusing on growing medicinal plants as, an, as, as to address the health and wellness. Mm, that's mm -hmm. great. Yeah, I was yeah. going to ask you, coming from Gullah Geechee um, yes. culture, are there things that you are either um, farming practices sure. or um, plants that you're growing um, that you're kind of drawing on that ancestral knowledge? I would say okra because okra is something that um, my uncle grew. Um, and we grow all type of okras. We grow, you know, green okras, red okras. We grow okra plants from the Middle East. Like, I would say okra, 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 okra. <laughs> and also, um, you know, one of the things that we wish we could grow, uh, but we can't, we wish we can grow rice, right? We recently grew peanuts right and as a conversation piece we also grow cotton yeah and that's a conversation mm -hmm. piece that we love to have and then we also like the idea uh, because our beef was never with the cotton plant even though we were forced to harvest um, that plant our beef was never with the cotton plant so we kind of like the idea now of us growing the plant in peace we kind of see that as a as a uh, full reversal you know yeah, yeah. Have you had some powerful experiences with that? Like we have some I mean, powerful. I, I've witnessed that myself. Yes. from people having all kinds of reactions to to growing cotton. I think, without exception, everyone takes a pause when they are brought to the cotton plant, black, white, and I haven't had the experience of seeing the you know the visceral pain or offense perhaps but I have heard in other situations where it's been very emotional mm -hmm. for people so I would suggest that if anybody is growing cotton dealing with people of color you got to address that and deal with that in a very very sensitive way you know because if not it can be something that can really be traumatic offensive um, and I want to say that we grow with a lot of awareness of spirituality. I would say that's the number one thing that we grow. And we grow based off of ancestral knowledge, right? So most of the people at the North Philly Peace Park um, has not been um, trained um, by a formal institution. The knowledge comes from oral tradition. It comes from ancestral knowledge. 
and the confidence that we all have at the North Philly Peace Park based on our ancestral knowledge, based on our um, uh, spiritual knowledge, so to speak. So um, I would, you know, a lot of people will come down to the park and see some of the practices and they may seem a little strange in a way, but these practices were kind of passed down um, from older farmers and this is how we do it and this is how it, mm-hmm. how we work it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that you're saying this because earlier you made this statement about you can't use old... Um, old practices to solve new problems sure and i and i understood that very much in the context <laughs> yeah. of what you're saying and then i'm thinking about that actually actually like our ancestral yes. agricultural practices yes. are actually the solution sure. to our current problem and right, so right, right. both sides of that coin right like, I, I, yes so um so what are some of these practices that people um see that that you think that they sometimes don't get or aren't. Well, at the beginning of the farming year, we take our uh, shoes off and we get on the soil. Everybody get on the soil with their shoes off, um, feet in, feet in the dirt. That's something that we do. Why Um, are you doing that? We are blessing the land. We are blessing it. We are blessing the land. We are um, ensuring that the soil um, has good energy, right? Um, And it may not be something that's unique to us, but we talk to our plants we greet them in peace um the peace park is very spiritual you know we really have an awareness of um, a higher power that's present um and that plays a big role um in our practices um also too one would think too that is maybe perhaps a laid-back attitude you know a, a laid-back attitude towards farming um, in the sense that everything don't have to be perfect, um, everything don't have to be by the book. Um, there's a fair amount of uh, room for like experiment. Um, um, I would say that the collective nature of it, a lot of people just can't wrap their head around a collective farm, so they'd be like, "So, so no, 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 so, so, Tommy, like, each one of y'all, like, sponsor a bid," and I'm like, "No, no, 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 everybody farm this everything." Like no one bed is Tasha's or John's, like, and then they just can't grasp it. And then we like, well, everybody eat from it. And they like, well, do y'all deliver it here? No, everybody feed off the land and everybody is responsible for it. Right. And it's just like a system that works. You know, we communicate, we we, we, we flow, we, we receive, we come forward just like a river. Yeah. It just flow. Yeah. Some places of the river is so still that you can't even see no motion or it's so, it's so so smooth you can't see it. Other places it's 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 it's, it's, it's um, uh, chaotic and 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 and, and you know splashing everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So you talked about you had the first farm. Yes. That was on this this first vacant lot. And yes. And then I know that the housing authority came in and sure. said, "No, we're building this huge yes. building here." You tried to fight back, but then you ended up having to move to this sure. second lot. Right. And so now you're on this second lot. Yes. And um, and are you moving into your your now? First, you built the building that you all built, right? With sure. tires and yes. clay and cement and stuff. Now, what's happening with that with that space? We still um, everything is the core is still there, like the core approach of um, self determination. And I think that what our community had to become used to is. Um, they have to become used to to better something better. I think that there's a certain romanticization of lack among revolutionaries. 
where we think that if we are struggling and we are operating at a bare necessity, we think that that's authentic. But it's difficult for us to grasp operating authentically with abundance. So our community is coming to the realization and becoming comfortable with having the things that they need. So I think that's a big difference because um, at the old Peace Park, we um, didn't have much at all and we um, had to um, make a way, right? And I do believe we are still making a way even though we are, you know, raising more money or getting certain pro bono help. We really want to make sure that people understand that they are worthy of this. This does not imply anything untoward or anything improper, um, right? Um, and I hope that we will continue to be hungry and continue to pursue our dreams, um, never become satisfied with a few steps forward, but being thankful, but not satisfied. So um, the new Peace Park is just like the old Peace Park, um, but I think we are making a bigger impact now. Mm -hmm. And I think we are operating with um, bigger friends and I believe also bigger enemies. Say a little more about that. What do you mean? Well, um, hmm, bigger friends, bigger enemies. Uh, our motto is still the coalition of the heart. We're still calling forward whoever will be as courageous to assist us, to come and, and rock with us in this revolution. But I do think that um, the stakes become higher and the consequences become more profound. Um, I think that once you are like on the map, so to speak, I think like a new game began. Um, same game, um, but I think that it becomes a little more intense and I think that the stakes are higher. Mm -hmm. So for example, I always wonder what would happen if we ever fenced off again, right? Like what would happen if the powers that be decide that they want to take another swing at it, right? Or what about if they want another round? So we have to always make sure that we are prepared, just like we were um, three years ago, to defend the revolution and make sure that peace is allowed to continue to flourish. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So do you actually have a lease on the land right now? Or Yeah, we have yeah. a lease on the land right Which now. Which has like an end Yeah, we have a partial it. lease on the land right here. Partial yeah, lease. partial okay. lease, right? Yeah. yeah, we have a partial All lease, right. which is okay. But, um, um, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. tricky. Yeah. So um, when you started building this, you're yes. talking about self-determination. Sure. So there's people in the community building this you know, people who live around this right, park building, right. right? Was it primarily, is is the neighborhood primarily a black neighborhood? Sure, yes, okay. yes. And so now that you've moved just a few blocks mm -hmm. away, but now that you've sort of been around longer and you've gotten some grants and some funding, you know, more visibility, yes. are there now, uh, is there now more diverse group of people who are coming in who aren't the same people who just live around the, the park? It's an interesting thing. It's really interesting. So the park from the beginning has always, and to this day, it's a um it's an African American democratic society. And I didn't say black democratic society. 
as an African American. So I'm speaking in the sense of a of a nationality, not necessarily a racial category. So when you look at African Americans as a people, we have developed like a distinct culture and a distinct sense of democracy, a, dis- a distinct democratic um, tradition that's there, and that democratic t- tradition has um, been a very and a very profound, if not maybe one of the most profound engines of American democracy. You know, like black people have kind of been like American democracy and from us comes a lot. We believe that that is a refuge for all people who really love democracy. You know, we have developed a tremendous capacity for empathy with others, for wanting to see fairness, for inclusion, for steadfastness, for creativity and innovation. And I think all of those things is expressed at the Peace Park. Um, The Peace Park is kind of like an expression of what about if you let black people be free to create a world? We won't exclude others. We won't set up systems of oppression. We will set up systems consistent with our aspirations, which have always been for peace. And we have been like betrayed continually throughout our history. So all of that is in the minds of those who are the framers of the Peace Park. We are really working to set this up to never fall. And we are working to set this up in order to survive, in order to flourish. Um, In the beginning of the North Philly Peace Park, I like to call us like a motley crew because you had had three streams that kind of went into the North Philly Peace Park. And... um, Myself and others were kind of fortunate to kind of be in that intersection. One stream was like radical politics and that was kind of expressed in the Occupy movement, right? I was part of the Occupy movement. The other stream was the African-American nationalist tradition for self-determination, for black power, for autonomy. And then the third was the local grassroots neighborhood level need for relief, need for cohesion. Those three streams came together perfectly on Bolton Street, the original place of the right. Peace Park. So it always been a motley crew. It always been, I always like to call it a motley crew. And what we discovered very early on is that um, when different people come together on the on the land intentionally to do Pacific tasks, they begin to gel into a new people. So we kind of seen that, that when you enter into the Peace Park, you're one thing. But by the time you exit or by the time you move through it, you become something totally different. Um, so it was really important for me, though, um, as like one of the leaders of the North Philly Peace Park, to make sure that people of color continue to be central and continue to have the control and the ownership and the uh, capacity um, at the North Philly Peace Park. To be frank with you, um, at different times and even in the past, we felt like we could have had the best of the best in the city as far as agricultural people and this like that, but these folks wasn't from our community, wasn't from our neighborhood, so it really was besides the point. It wasn't that we didn't want the help, we didn't want the support, but it's so very important that the actual people themselves are given the opportunity and the chance to experience success and to run things. Um, because one of the things that's so, um, so, um, lack of love for African-Americans is really strong in this society. So this is why the slogan of Black Life Matters really makes sense. Black life to America and to a lot of people don't matter. And this is a idea and a practice that kind of been ingrained generational generation. 
And it's very difficult for you to ever be treated right or ever be considered if you're not loved. You know what I'm saying? If you're not loved. Now, if you're liked, then, you know, maybe you get a little something. And if you are, um, if somebody is aware of you, at least they throw you something or at least, you know, step over you without stepping on you. But only when there's love present, right? Like, you know, can the actual service be given. And I really wanted to make sure that it was people who love black people, black people who love black people. And also, I wanted to make sure that it was white people who love black people. And white people who love themselves and white people who love humanity. I really wanted to make sure that was the case. So at the North Philly Peace Park, we want to, yeah, African Americans need to continue to see this project that they started through to maintain the integrity of it and to maintain the aim of it. Yeah, I appreciate very much the the path you just took us through because um, what I part of what I'm hearing you say is that the you said like we could have the best of the best, you know, farmer, whoever, builder, whatever. Yes. But part of what you're looking at is what what is important to your project and yes. what does success mean, right? And right. so part of the success is is manifesting self determination and yes. is manifesting kind of this deep love right. of of black people, of African American people, of the community. And so right. that having people from the, the community that live around this park and live the experience of yes. being in this neighborhood and, and living in food apartheid and living with like, yes. you know, trash all over the place and poverty, you know, your, what's going on with your neighbors, that personal deep experience being part of how you lead and how you yes. teach and how you grow and how you stand on the earth and all of that is, is actually the leadership that you need in in that space. And yes. so like allowing for white people and for people with more money or for people from other life experiences to come in, but to center the experiences of people who live in this community Absolutely. is like, this is so important um, yes. to, to how we like manifest liberation. And it's good for everybody. Absolutely. It's good for everybody. It is so important for everybody. <laughs> it's air for everybody yeah. at the North Philly Peace Park. It's oxygen for everybody under the leadership of African Americans. And um and I really want to stress that like cuz it's a different you know, we're dealing with a a people not a race. I just want to kind of make that distinction. Yes. Um we're dealing with a set of experiences, a set of aspirations and a set of traditions in America um, that has a lot to offer. And, um, you know, it's deep because, you know, I really think that it's the wave of the future. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's important. I mean, this is really what affirmative action is, right? right. Except that people don't understand that that's right. affirmative Right, absolutely. <laughs> I agree with you. And it's like, because we see it as a form of reparation. So then Yes, the, and uh, absolutely. During the first yeah. Peace Park, um, we publicly declared that this is reparations. Absolutely. Thank you very much. We'll take our reparations that's now. That's right, yeah. Yes. So we're almost out of time, but there's okay. a question that I really wanted to ask yes. you, which is that, so I've sort of been learning and listening to you about kind of the history of this project yes. from 2012 till now. Sure. And you have been in a leadership position and sort of a visible figure in this. And sure. I wanted to just hear a little bit about how, what the transformation for you has been of, right. of from when you started until now, um, what your personal transformation as a leader and as a human being has been well thank you um man the you know i'm I feel indebted to the north philly peace park and i also feel honored to serve the north philly peace park um i only stepped to the forefront when they came at us you know what i'm saying so before that i was just 
one person in in the motley crew um but when the enemy approached us um i didn't fall back from the enemy so i stepped forward with others um and um i i um i hope that i have served the north philly peace park in a good way um i um trained in martial arts when I was young for seven years and I was taught and you know, I'm not a violent person, but this is kind of a <laughs> bit of a violent example, but I was taught that when you strike an object, you should strike an object and you should imagine your hand going through the object. So I've always been a type of person that have been, and I'm also a Sagittarius, an archer. So I've always been a type of person that has been really to the point. So when I got up to get involved with the North Philly Peace Park, I wanted to see democracy for my people. I wanted to see freedom for my people and I wanted to be part of that. And anything that didn't lead to that, I knew it wasn't right. Mm -hmm. So everything that I do at the North Philly Peace Park is um, in that tradition. I just want to serve effectively. So if I need to just be a faceless person um, in, in, in the crowd, in the Motley Crew, I'm all for that. If I need to step forward to articulate for the park or to build partnerships for the park or get resources for the park, I'm all for it. I do know that my term at the North Philly Peace Park is a term, is a term. I'm serving a term that has an ending soon as far as my leadership role. I always will be a servant of the North Philly Peace Park and I always will work for the North Philly Peace Park. Um, but we are preparing for new leaders to come forward at the North Philly Peace Park. I'm not the type of person that believe in sticking around in leadership positions for too long at all. I actually feel like that's a problem with a lot of institutions. So right now, as we put the North Philly Peace Park on a safe path, um, on a stable path, um, as we complete the construction of the school, consolidate and stabilize the staff, um, Brother Tommy is moving on and it's gonna be new revolutionaries that's gonna serve the North Philly Peace Park. Um, I believe and I hope that the Peace Park would not be attacked, would not be besieged, so that um, the focus and the energy can be placed totally on serving the people and building Peacetown. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm thankful for my time at the North Philly Peace Park. My time at the North Philly Peace Park, my term, this particular term is closing out, and the North Philly Peace Park is gonna prosper and gonna move on forever. Mm -hmm. And I'm always here to serve, though, at a moment's notice, um, North Philly Peace Park is going to be able to call me up. I'll be in the North Philly Peace Park Reserve. <laughs> but I'm not saying that I'm done yet. We still got a school to build. We still got more land to secure. And there's still more peaceful insurrection that got to be sparked. But yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. It's been much. an honor. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah, it's great to talk to you. Yes, peace, everybody. Love, peace. I'm your host, Tegan Engel, and this is The Table Underground. For more info on this episode and links to everything we talked about, go to thetableunderground.com. You can follow us on all the social medias and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave a review to help others find us too. Many thanks to Brother Tommy and Common Ground High School, especially Joel Tolman, for making this interview possible. Thanks for listening. This is WNHH 103.5 FMLP Community Radio in New Haven, Connecticut.